everyone, it's Matt here. David's here too. Say hello, David. Hello, David. Um, and we're doing a little bit just at the start of this episode because we want to get the ball rolling and introduce this year's Wheelie Big Quiz. Hooray! Yeah, now... That sounded sarcastic, didn't it, Matt? <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. So, new listeners might not know what the Wheelie Big Quiz is, whereas old listeners might have been waiting all year for this, David. So, in your mm -hmm. own words, tell us what is the Wheelie Big Quiz. Um, you ask me questions from uh, Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit, uh, an edition that covers... Um, uh, all of Classic Who and You Who up to and including Series 11, but no further. Yeah. Um, and um, every year we nominate a charity and we ask those that can to spare a few bob for it. Yeah. So it, it started off just as a silly little feature and it's pretty much yeah. snowballed into, I think it's fair to say, our favourite feature and a lot of the listeners really like it. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's something fun to look forward to every year. So, the first Wheelie Big Quiz, David, we raised £366 for the Teenage Cancer Trust. We did indeed. Last year's Wheelie Big Quiz, we raised £714 for Doctors Without Borders. We did. Um, but you have permitted me to choose this year's charity magnanimously so okay. yes so this year's fundraiser is a little bit more personal a little bit more close to home certainly for me and by extension you david as my pod wife <laughs> yeah um so in june of this year uh my dad went for a routine checkup at the hospital he suffered with gout for quite a long time and we, well, we got the news that he, well, he was diagnosed with a form of cancer. Um, mm. In particular, it was chronic myeloid leukemia, which is a form of blood cancer. Um, basically, he had loads and loads and loads of white blood cells and it made his blood all thick and syrupy. Increased risk of a yeah. stroke, increased risk of heart disease. Um Long story short, if it hadn't have been caught, I don't think I'd have a dad right now. It was pretty pretty close yeah. to the bone. This is one of those things, David, where we agree we never talk about it on pod. But uh, why? we'll, we'll uh, get it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, we've been really fortunate. It was caught nice and early. He's received nothing but stellar treatment and stellar care since. So... In line with that, this year, David, I've selected a cancer charity. I know that we did one for year one, but hey, it's a good cause. Um, yep. So I'm not attempting to guilt people into donations, but I think just to highlight the reality, really, you know, if it can yeah, happen yeah, to no, me, it, it can happen to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's always worth kind of, you know, highlighting the context of these things and... Um, uh, yeah, I've actually, uh, I've a relative in my family as well that was uh, diagnosed with leukemia. So, um, you know, I do, I do have that that sort of uh, same connection, if you like. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, it, it's obviously it's it's wonderful to hear um, that you know it's been a, a a pretty positive outcome, all things considered, with with your dad. Um, and but it, this is one of those things that can just you know affect anyone almost at almost at random. Mm. So. So I, I run um, that down. Yeah. Every two minutes, someone in the UK is diagnosed with a form of cancer. So yeah, you know, it's pretty prevalent. So that that's kind of the serious bit. We 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 like to tackle really big quiz in quite a light-hearted way. So we are going to set up a GoFundMe page, as is tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. We of course reward every donation by mentioning them on pod and being very grateful and thankful. Um, yeah, and we ran it last year where any donation of fifty pounds or more, listeners can request an episode. Um, we're going to repeat that, David, but I'm putting a caveat on it. <laughs> What's that? Okay, you can only suggest classic Who stories. I'm not doing audio books. I'm not reading fan fiction. Okay, that that's for the sordid corners of the internet that we never venture to. Okay, right. You can only suggest. Doctor Who stories. If you want us to watch Midnight again, pay us 50 quid. <laughs> okay? my, my dream is right, everyone okay. pays 50 quid and we just watch the twin dilemma on loop for a couple of months. <laughs> so so episodes that we have already covered on the it, podcast. It's all fair game. David, fair game. Right? But we're right. not reading comics. We're not reading bloody niche novels that RTD wrote in the late 80s, early 90s, right? <laughs> To hell with that. We're not doing that again. Okay? <laughs> yeah, lesson learned there. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we still haven't finished last year's don- like donation gift episodes. Just because that no, one I, book I, took us six months to read. Yeah, that was... I mean, that was largely my fault. But, uh, yeah, no, that was that was not fun. Um, we, we are intending to... to um, get all of uh, the the bonus episodes uh, that were requested from last year's Weirdy Big Quiz done by the end of the year. And I think um, we, 2023 uh, will be the year of uh, the... Uh, uh, how do I... Sorry, my brain has just completely malfunctioned there. Please edit this, Matt. Um, and next year, obviously, we, we, will, we will pick up on all the ones uh, that we get requested uh this year of course that's assuming that anybody actually chips in 50 quid to do that perhaps nobody will bother this year well <laughs> it'll be a damning indictment on the overall quality of these bonus episodes we've been well, slaving away at this year. guys i'm not playing the sympathy card but now you know my dad's being ill that's maybe why we didn't read that book all in one go okay <laughs> right of course david you might be grateful if people didn't donate because as is tradition, yeah, three hundred and sixty-six pounds. I'm setting the goal like this year, David. That was Wheelie Big Quiz One. If we reach that, we'll we'll drink some beans and have some fun or something stupid like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I thought, what could be a real punishment if we beat last year? If we beat seven hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I thought, I'm I'm not doing that chili sauce again. I'm just putting that right out there. Yeah, no that that was a, that was a one and done experience. Yeah, yeah, but I thought if we raised that, 
I will enter one of the Cancer Research Race for Lives and run it properly. I am not a runner, David. I've never run in my life. Mm -hmm. I'll do a 5K. How about that? Um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, um, um, <laughs> then the fourth wheeling yeah. quiz might be in my memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, just to get into the nitty gritty, let's just do some logistics, David. It's going to mm -hmm. launch on our October the 15th episode. Yes. Okay, October the 15th is my birthday. It's traditionally the start of the wheelie pig quiz. We can start it on the day this year. Yeah. Okay, so it's going to run up until Christmas, uh, whenever our final episode is, and we always announce a grand total in our first episode of the new year. Yeah. So, But we're taking a bit of time off over Christmas this year, so... Yeah. Keep that money coming in. Yeah. Um, well, 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 yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but, uh, one thing we haven't done, David, is actually name the charity. <laughs> uh, yeah, would you like to do that, Matt? Yeah, so I had looked at quite specific charities. I did consider for a long time uh, Yorkshire Cancer Research, which is so close to us, but it, with yeah, it being so niche... Um, I've expanded it. We're going to be supporting Cancer Research UK this year. So obviously, I cool. know we have a lot of American listeners. It's a global effort. We're not excluding you. If you are our one no. listener in Rio de Janeiro, please help us out here. Uh, at the end of the day, Cancer Research, their focus is on uh, just that. It's, it's researching uh, treatments and cures, uh, trying to better understand how we can tackle cancer and of course uh, as as with all peer-reviewed science when it's published that then becomes knowledge that is, that is accessible to to uh, scientists and organizations around the world so um whilst it's a uk-based charity it's um its efforts benefit everyone in the long run yeah yeah now we've done 10 minutes on wheelie big quiz david should we start the episode proper I suppose we'd better have. Here we go! Welcome to Neither Time Nor The Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures, and now, of course, Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the surprisingly lively Matt. Hello there. So, Two words this Matt, week. What, what are those? Two words. In, instead of just the, I don't know, oh. the advantageous Matt, I got the surprisingly lively. Yes, yeah. I've broken broken my own format there yeah. for one week only. Wow. Um, all right then. So we're talking about uh, they keep killing Susie this week. Yep. Yeah. Good title, I think. Will it be a good episode? We'll find <laughs> out in due course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how does it feel to be back on the old Torchwood train, Matt? <laughs> I miss Patrick Chew. Torchwood is so <laughs> bad. I miss Patrick Troughton. Oh my word! I think it's um. 
Have we got a Charlton coming up? I'm trying to think where we're at with... Uh, I don't know. The last one we the did moment. was the Eighth Doctor. So are we going to go back to the First Doctor or now do we cascade yeah. into new Doctors? I think we go back round to Hartnell. Good, because I ain't doing yeah. no audios. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, sorry, just checking that I'm still recording. Yeah. Uh, so where are we? Where are we up to with um, things? Sorry, Matt. My brain is... Uh, um, right then. So I think before we uh, before we get anything else um, underway, tell me how your week's been, Matt. Um, I can't even remember the last time I spoke to you, but largely the time in between. It's been that. It's been a while, hasn't it? Largely yeah. the time in between has been spent uh, watching the Queen's funeral. Right. That's been how was that was how was that for you uh, good old knees up yeah a veritable hoot I would describe <laughs> we didn't bother really yeah doing it popped out doing anything a nice, nice walk. yeah I did think like I, I was watching it in my flat and I was just like I can't hear any traffic yeah would have been good no it was it, it, and uh, to be honest there were quite a few like-minded people in the place where we were. Like there, there were quite a few people just who were just obviously like, right, bank holiday, going to do my usual bank holiday stuff. Yeah. Um, well, there wasn't much else on TV. Yeah. I know Channel Five showed the Emoji Movie. You could have stayed home and watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am kicking myself now that you mentioned that. That I've really missed out there. Yeah. But. <laughs> I remember um, you saying you really wanted to sit down and watch the Emoji movie. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna have to put it off for another week, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, every time it comes around, it. Uh, um, I just have to watch Torchwood instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I do have some news, David. What is that? Now, Matt? you know, every so often you like to ask me whether I'm a Doctor Who fan. I do. I, I think I got quite close this week. Right. Okay. So, uh, let me just find this on my phone and I will talk you through it. So, are you aware, David, from Doctor Who magazine, the concept of the 200 golden moments? Um... I don't know that I am, actually. Okay. So, when Doctor Who had 200 TV stories from 1963 to 2009, Doctor Who magazine published a special edition where people picked the best bits from every story. Ah, cool. Okay, so you could write in and pick your story and say, oh, this is my favourite bit from this story. You picked the golden moment, as it were. Yeah, so every story got celebrated. Yeah, well... Even the rubbish ones. Oh, yeah, but this week, I I was scrolling through Twitter, and I found out that there's now been a hundred stories since that uh, edition of Doctor Who magazine. So, cool. there's a fan effort 
called 100 More Golden Moments. And I oh, nice. submitted myself to write on an episode and get it submitted and part of that effort. Oh, fantastic. Which one did you go for? Okay. Now, I'm going to beep all this bit out because I don't want people to know until it's published because I think this could be quite okay. nice. So initially, the one I asked to write for was... And I was going to talk about... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there was a list of ones that were still available and that was there. But then when I emailed, that had been taken... Yeah. And a lot of the ones that were still left were really uninspiring ones. Curse of the Black Spot was there. <laughs> Did anyone take a snag the unquiet dead? Uh yeah, yeah. But that that must oh, have good. been Okay. That might have already been taken because I think the original went from Hartnell up to right. Tennant. Um so the story, David, oh, yes, I'm of going to be writing on is and I'll beat this bit out. Wow, okay. Okay. Now, I know... Good luck. I know what you're thinking. That is a crap episode, isn't it? Like... It's not great. It's not great, but there's a golden moment in it. And I'm going to beat this bit out as well. Uh, okay, but, if you're confident you've got something. So, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, fair, good shout, actually. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. Also, I believe that there's some, I think there's a couple of good moments in that one as well. I know, you've just got to pick one moment. Um, I know, I'm just, I would be torn. Yeah. I'd be torn because there there are some moments I do like there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, wow. Yeah. Good luck, Matt. Yeah, that would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. And um, let's be honest... Even the the worst Moffat era who is better than what we're struggling through at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, oh boy, right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, you you can ask me what my week's been like if you like that, but I've got absolutely nothing to talk to you about. Uh, I mean, so, you went for a walk. Um. I went. I went for a walk. Um. I I've been working. It's it's the it's the busiest time of year for me in in, in my job. It's the uh, I think I mentioned I, I'm I'm working in university university admin these days specifically um, administering some MA programs and the way they're structured. Um, at the same time uh, that the new MA cohort is coming in and getting set up. Uh, all of the dissertations from the previous academic years, MA cohort, are being submitted and marked. Um, so it's a busy old time, one way or another. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll get there. Uh, but so yeah, that's kind of dominated my brain. I don't know what whether I've been to, trying to do a little bit of reading. Reading anything you know, good? Very slowly. Um, I'm reading the uh, the Mistborn trilogy, which I started about two years ago. Read three chapters of, and then abandoned. And I be, I I got right back into it uh, during my during my jollies uh, this summer, and I've just been sticking with it. I'm averaging about a chapter a day. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
solid bit of generic fantasy, basically. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really in the market for anything demanding at the moment, reading wise. Just don't have the brain space for it. In fact, I think the only thing I've done of note since I saw you last is I played a lot of Warhammer yeah. this weekend. I lost every game and can no longer win our campaign. <laughs> so you're just playing for for um, crumbs of glory I, at this I've, point, are you? I've got one game left to play this season against yeah. my older brother who last Christmas had no interest in playing but just bought some so he didn't get left out and he could hang out with the right. guys and I think he's going to wipe the table with me oh dear <laughs> but never mind you know you, it's, it's, it's not the winning it's the taking part that counts Matt yeah exactly but let's be honest, it, it is also the winning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially when the everyone comes nice. around my house, eats all my food and drinks all my stuff. And then, like, <laughs> you know, disrespect me like that. Oh, dear. Um, right, which, yeah. which segment anyway. should we do? Uh, let's, let's have a bit of the old Who news, shall we? Yeah. Have I got Who's for you? Searchwise.net. Can you tell that that uh, my heart's not quite in it this yeah, week? Yeah, we're a bit out of practice, aren't we? Like, we're out plus, of practice. It's episode two hundred and one. We talked so much last week. I've got oh, nothing God. to tell you. <laughs> same, same. I'm just, I'm just clinging on for, uh, for the centenary special at this point. I, it's the listener I it's feel sorry for, David. They've tuned in. Their favourite story, they keep killing Susie. And they're like, this is it. I've waited all this time. Here's the boys, and we just can't be bothered. <laughs> you deserve nothing less for your loyalty, listeners. Right, okay. I, I did think of our Here listeners we go. this week, though, David. In particular... Uh-huh. I thought of, hold on, I'll have to go through our Twitter to find out who it was. Do you remember Kirsty Dunbar when we all agreed that Paddington was the best celebrity bear? Paddington's oh, yes, been getting yeah. a lot of play recently. He's rubbing his little paws oh, boy, together. Has it. Yeah. 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 Um, my my favourite my favourite uh, response I've seen to, 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 to the sudden Paddington mania uh, and you know, in particular, that, that one image that did the rounds. Uh, someone did um, a uh, sort of uh, illustration in the style of a medieval woodcut of uh, Paddington as uh, Sharon, the ferryman of the dead. Wow. Uh, which, which is quite fantastic. Now, I'm going to send you this, David. I hope you've got your phone there and this doesn't destroy your I do. recording. This was my favourite tribute of the weekend. Okay, let's have a butchers. 
Nothing yet. Oh, here we go. So, so fitting a tribute. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, I'll describe it for the listeners. What we have here is um, in the section of Morrison's. Oh, it's Asda. Uh, Sorry, where they... Morrison's is far oh, too Oh, that's classic. Asda, is it? Oh, I thought, I, I thought um, only Morrison's did the sort of pre-made no. uh, fresh pizzas thing. But anyway... Um, so what we have is a pizza with God Save the Queen uh, written on it in... Is that baked beans? Oh, it's pepperoni. That looks like baked beans. Oh, okay. Very sausagey looking. Gosh, but anyway, someone's... Yeah, so, so someone's really put the, some effort into that. Yeah. Uh, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Um, <clears throat> anyway... I'm glad she's dead. No, I'm, Whoa! <laughs> I'm joking. I'm you joking. can't say that. <laughs> I mean, we can hint at it and we can joke about it. <laughs> Flipping heck. Uh, no, on, on, in, in, in all seriousness, um, it's sad that an old lady has died. Yeah. That is the full extent of my feeling on on the matter. Uh, the royal family as an institution, I I detest. Um, so there we go. Anyway, right, let's get some Doctor Who. Doctor Who news. Let's let's get let's get out of this hole, shall we? Um, Gizmodo, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who era ends with the power of the Doctor. I know. I read it in Doctor Who magazine. Um, Digital Spy, Doctor Who's final Jodie Whittaker episode has a Sherlock reference. Who cares? Mm. Radiotimes.com, Doctor Who debuts epic poster and images for the power of the Doctor. Yeah. Metro, Doctor Who fans get their first glimpse at the centenary special, the power of the Doctor. Digital Spy again, Doctor Who star says Jodie's... Yes, indeed. Um, Doctor Who star jo- says Jodie's final episode left him quote a blubbering mess can you guess who was left a blubbering mess um, I'm going to say um, John Thingy John Bishop on account of him being the only male actor I can think of uh, it, it's uh, if the thumbnail is to be believed it's Sasha Dewan oh wow Oh, yeah, I forgot he's back. There you go. Oh, yeah. Don't sound too happy about that, David. Are you, oh, no, are you I all am. right? Did something happen on your bank holiday <laughs> walk? <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you what it was. In that instance, it was just that I got distracted by this headline. Um, a, a, a Guardian interview with Stephen Moffat where he says, insane right-wing misogynist, I'm none of those things. So... There you go. I know he's been in, in, accused of being a misogynist in the past, but right wing seems like a very strange take on uh, 
on Moffat's writing for sure. Um, <clears throat> ooh, screen rant. Now this is we're into the proper clickbait now. Uh, Doctor Who's original post-tenant plan makes Smith's Doctor even better. I don't know how it makes him better if it's if it's a thing they didn't do in the end. But uh, we can we can give that a butchers if you like or Plymouth Live. You ready for this, Matt? Yeah. Plymouth Live have gone with Doctor Who's Shooty Gatwa is Candlestick, says Masked Dancer fans. Is that by Elliot Ball, that story? Let's find out. No, it's David Monday again. Ah, uh, not Monday. Yeah. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Get out! <laughs> All right, should we find out what this original post-tenant plan was according to Screen Rant? Oh, uh, yes, please. Okie dokie. The original plans for Doctor Who after David Tennant left the show uh, make Matt Smith's Doctor even better. Um, just explaining what Doctor Who is. Got to skip that paragraph on all of these these days. So, after Eccleston, who played the ninth Doctor of the show, after one season he was replaced by David Tennant, fan favourite Tenth Doctor. His version of the Doctor featured a special combination of charm, a cheeky smile, and darkness that drew audiences in. Tennant's performance kept audiences invested, and he led the show for three seasons and several holiday specials. According to a 2014 article via the Mirror, the BBC was considering cancelling Doctor Who after the exit of David Tennant, who left at the same time as the show's head writer, Russell T. Davis. It was believed that Tennant would be irreplaceable and no one could follow the iconic performance that Tennant gave as the Doctor. Uh, however, the BBC decided against this and Matt Smith took on the role. Uh, Come on, get to the get to the meat here. We're just describing things that we know. I, I think we, oh. we should really vet the news each week. If it's a slow news week, we don't have to do this. <laughs> well, it's technically not a slow week news week. It's just it's all the no uh, um, news we already know, isn't it? I mean, it's because it's bankology oh, is it literally? and we're I recording think... later in the week. Uh, I think it's literally just saying um, Matt Smith's great because they were going to cancel Doctor Who and then they didn't and then Matt Smith was popular. I think that's literally what this article is saying. Great. Well, I'll second that notion. Yeah, I mean, sure, but that's not really that. We're, we're scraping the bottle of the bottom of the barrel there, aren't we, lads? Like, I mean, e even for screen rant, that was desperate. I mean, I, I'm up to date with House of Dragons, and I'll I'll say Matt Smith's great. Yeah, he's a good actor. We know this. Um, 
Oh, how, are you up to date with She-Hulk as well, Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for this week's episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good television programme, isn't it? Yeah. It'd be a shame Enjoy if it. someone spoiled it and said that there's the reveal of Daredevil coming back this week. Uh, has that been spoiled for you? I mean, has it been spoiled for you? Because it was the end of last week's episode. I mean, it's been... Stro- it's uh, it, Yeah, it was strongly hinted at the end of last week's, wasn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah, um, I'm I'm really enjoying that show. Uh, I think for me the peak so far was episode four with the magician. Yeah, I don't know. I like the abomination bit. Yeah, that was that was also good. I mean, let's be honest, the whole thing has just been pretty pretty solid start to finish so far. Um, yeah, enjoying it. Anyway, that's 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 by the by, isn't it, uh, Matt? Shall I was about to say, shall we let us? Yeah, that's, that, that's that's what it's called, isn't it? Shall shall we shall we shatters? <laughs> I'd rather we I'd rather we didn't. No. Uh, shall <laughs> no no, David. We've been doing it for about a month now. It's letters, letters. That that's the pun. It's the same yeah. word, yeah. but it's different. Yeah. I, I see what you're going for there. Um, let me give it another go. You might as well go, Matt, out. Matt, will you read me Doctor Who magazine's letter segment? <laughs> would, would you mind? I'd be terribly grateful. Right. Do it properly. Matt, let us, let us. Hooray. Letters. Right, David. Uh, li- li- listeners, I do want to make clear, by the way, I've not been drinking or anything. This is just what my brain is like on a, on a midweek evening. This is what I'm reduced to. I'm worried about uh. <laughs> Right, David. This is the yes. last week we're going to be looking at the September issue of Doctor Who magazine. I had yes. I had hoped that we'd be looking at the October issue, but I forgot to go to WH this on my way home. Not to worry. So next week if there's no letters or letters, it's because I've forgotten. So you might remember <laughs> you, David, we we were looking a couple of weeks ago at people's suggestions of stories they want to see as a target novelization. Ah, yes, I do recall that. Okay, and we're going to start with Charlie Ford, great friend of the show. Lovely to hear from him again. I know he'll be listening. Charlie says, why limit it? I I got my words mixed up there. That was my Yorkshire accent failed me. Why limit it to TV stories? We've had audio adaptations of novels, so why not the opposite? The first story that comes to mind as Zagreus because of how absolutely insane it is. And maybe even <laughs> some unbound audio adventures like Sympathy for the Devil and Old Mortality. It would really flesh out those new worlds. Whoa, Charlie, calm down. Um, yeah, I, I don't really see the need 
is is a thing there. I, I mean, I struggle with seeing the need of the target novelizations anyway in in the twenty first century. Like original stories, I get, but yeah. Um, if I if I were to be to want a uh, a big finish novelization, what would I suggest? That's what I'm thinking now. Um. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I, I think Sympathy for the Devil's not a bad shout. I could see that working. Um, you got any suggestions, Matt? You've listened to loads of Big Finish at this point, right? Yeah, I, I'd go for Storm Warning. <laughs> but what would be your what would be your least favourite? What would be the one that you, you, you think we'd they definitely shouldn't touch. Um, now, you've trapped me there because the only other one I've listened to is the Lady Christina Adventures. And kind of... In, uh, I, yeah, I forgot you'd even... I, in the I, canon I kind of, of our show, you those. know how much I loved Lady Christina. It's a running gag, <laughs> David. Okay, it's been some time yeah. since we've mentioned it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, do you want another... Another email, another letter. Yeah, go on. I'm, I'm still thinking about what big finish uh, story I'd like. I'd like to read a novel of, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. So move on. Okay. Uh, the next one comes from. Do you want Jessica Ramage or Rene Fennel? Um, I've thought of one. It's quite a recent one. Um, the. Uh, I forget the title of it now. The the Ninth Doctor story uh, based around the uh, Firth of the Fourth. That That's a great story. That would work well as a novel. Um, anyway. That? Oh. I can look up the title of it. Hang on. Bear with me one. Ninth minute. Doctor. So Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and it's an audio recent-ish drama. Eccleston uh, yeah, that'll be why I don't know what you're on about. Yes, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, it's, it's. I, I was thinking of what big finish stories. Here we are. So it's, it's in in the fourth box set, old friends, um, and it's a two-parter called uh, Way of the Berryman and the Fourth Generation. Fourth oh, spot. now you said that. I know the exact one. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, written by Roy Gill. Uh, of course, featuring John Colshaw as the Brigadier. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. And featuring um, regular... Uh, re uh, re regular big Finnish character, Sam Bishop. Played yeah. by Warren Brown. Yeah. And we know him from... Lady Christina. Christina. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean mostly from the unit box sets, but but apparently nah, he also shows up. They're a lot of, of they're a lot of crap. Yeah, right. but anyway, genuinely, I think that would work as a, a, a as a novel, so we can move on. Right. So, do you want Jessica Ramage or Rene Fennel? Uh, Jessica, I think. Yeah, stick it up your ass, Rene. Right. <laughs> Jessica says, "I'd love to see the Curse of Fatal Death novelized." just to see how it would be done and if the author chose to write in a Terry Pratchett or Douglas Adams-ish comedic way. 
It would be fun to see a bit more of that alternative Ninth Doctor and maybe get a glimpse of a few other adventures he'd had. It would be a laugh and something they could maybe make into a charity tie-in with comic relief, perhaps. That's a fun idea. I think you'd, you'd struggle to make a novel out of it. Yeah, it's a fun um, idea, but not a good idea, is it? <laughs> I don't know, especially when when they mentioned uh, publishing is a comic relief thing. I could see that being, like, actually, you know, earning a bit of cash uh, for comic relief, which is no bad thing. But I, it would be a slim volume, I think. It would be probably more of a novella. Mm. Now, just before we move on, David. Yes. I, I've just got the final few questions from the Doctor Who magazine crossword. I wondered if you could help me. Uh, yeah, by all means. Okay, so we're going to do 30 down. Enemy of the Sixth Doctor, three letters. Um... Now, I, I've put God because I just thought, <laughs> like, he's always getting into scrapes, isn't he? Why, yeah, why does no, God do th- that to him? I think you're, you're on the money there, yeah. Cool, cool. I'll just write that down. Uh, now let's have a look what else have we got Uh, one of the warriors of death four letters one of the warriors of death now that's seven across and the second letter is O so I couldn't work out is it John or Tony (laughs) (laughs) my first thought was John so should we go with John we'll go with John that does make yeah. sense. That fits. Right. Um, where have we looked at? Now, six letters. This is 21 across. Old yeah. something. Character from the first Doctor Who story. Uh, how, how many letters, sorry? Uh, so it's six letters. Now, if it's from the first Doctor Who story... I've put Old Willie, as in Old Willie Hartnell. <laughs> if you spell it R-E on the end, it fits. Yeah, let's let's go with that one then, eh, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. There we go. We've actually finished the crossword. Ah, oh, fantastic. Just in time for, for the next issue. Yeah, I'm excited. The October issue. Lovely. So for one last time, David, Doctor Who magazine goes in a pile <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> uh, right then, Matt. Uh, we have the small matter of uh, this week's episode of Torchwood to discuss. Mm. What did you make of this episode? Good episode, bad episode? I, I want to say that it was comparatively decent? I want to say I really struggled with this episode. It was Did you? so long. So yeah. boring. I, I, I think really, I... really... Ha- like, the other episodes aren't 55 minutes, are they? This one was 10 minutes longer. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I think they tend to be... So- yeah, um, yeah. I I think I was maybe had the advantage of the fact that I I, I broke it into two 
viewings, I didn't watch it in one sitting. So that maybe sort of uh, played into its favour. But uh, overall, I appreciated that it was a little slower and a, a little less frenetic because that made it feel more self-assured. Like now, for me, I'm... this felt like the first episode where Torchwood, like everyone involved actually kind of knew what they were aiming for. Now, I think one way I definitely suffered was when we started reviewing Sarah Jane Adventures, I went yeah. back and watched the first episode. Yeah. Now, with the, with Torchwood, I did go back and watch it, but I kind of half-watched it whilst I was playing on my phone. So, for right. this episode in particular, I was just like, who's that? What is that? Why do they all yeah. know what this is? And I was just like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember... They do, they do kind of. Um, they heavily rely on you remembering the events of of the first episode, don't they? And I kind of wonder: should this have, should this episode have been bumped up the running order a little bit? Maybe like episode four or five or something. Mm. Right. To give it a bit more impact. Yeah, but I also read when I was looking at this on Wikipedia. That it was going yeah. to be a reoccurring thing that they kept bringing Susie back. Right. So she was going to be like a member of the Torchwood team, but she was dead for half the episodes. But it was because the actress fell pregnant. They kind of wrote that bit out. Right. You you did you, you did phrase that like like she was struck down with a disease there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> fell pregnant. That's, that's a common phrase, isn't it? Is it? Uh, Maybe it is. I've never heard it before, I don't think. Hold on. I'm going to Google she fell pregnant and we'll just see. She yeah. fell pregnant. Yeah. She, when I started texting it, it did say she fell prey to malaria first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That sort of grammatically... If, if someone if someone fall, falls, you know, to something, or I, 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 in my head, that's that's you know got very negative connotations. Right. Like it, it was sort of, um, you know, they were struck down by it. Is it offensive to say that somebody is pregnant? Uh, definitely not considered impolite in British English, and maybe a common euphemism. So that. Us sexually oppressed Brits don't have to consider the fact that one of our English roses did anything as primitive as engage in messy sexual... <laughs> that, that's a very opinionated response to that question. Oh, sure is. Yeah. Uh, basically, it seems common in English, but not American English. So there we go. Yeah. So yeah, she unfortunately was struck down with, <laughs> you know... With a, a case of a pregnancy. Of pregnancy. Some sort of symbiotic growth inside her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do doctors were baffled as to the cause of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, well, that's um, in some ways. I think that's a shame. I think something this series could really do with is a reoccurring villain. Mm. Um, so it's a pity that we don't get one. We get quite a good establishment of one I, here. I'll tell you who the reoccurring villain is. Fucking Torchwood. 
Yeah. Apologies for the bad language, they? but they're, they're awful. Just yeah, the I'm... absolute worst. Uh, on that note, shall we just get stuck into this one? Yeah. Right, so this is They Keep Killing Susie, episode 8 of series 1. The never-ending series 1. Um, it's from the 3rd of December 2006, so ho, 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 Merry Christmas with this one. Um, it's directed <laughs> by James Strong and written by Paul Tremaine <coughs> and Dan McCulloch. Mm. Right. We open with a police investigation at a crime scene as Torchwood turn up. And oh my God, Torchwood are so cool. They're so cool. For 2006, that is cool. Let's all wear low-slung jeans and shades. <laughs> what, a, it, it, what a pack of arseholes Torchwood are. What an absolute yeah. bunch of twats. Uh, and I, I, think, I think this scene redeems itself because the, uh, detect, the police detective leading this investigation has a fully appropriate reaction to them. In that she just instantly cannot be doing with any of their bullshit. No. Like, imagine if you saw that walking down the street. You would just think, just what what an absolute bunch of chumps. Yeah, there's never an outbreak of like... Ebola when you need it. Right, <laughs> so this is Detective Swanson. She's leading the murder investigation. Um, there's been multiple murders recently and smeared in blood on the wall above these victims is the word Torchwood. Mm. Uh, Swanson, as we've said, is not a fan of Torchwood. Me neither. I can sympathise. And there doesn't appear to be a clear link between the victims on the Torchwood database. Mm. Can, can I say, that crime scene, my, my first thought, seeing those, those bodies and with Torchwood smeared in blood on the walls... I did have this sort of moment of like, is that how you and I are going to end up? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is, is this series just going to drive us to well, that point? What, what I thought in that scene is, who was it? James Strong, the director. Yeah. He just kept having lingering shots of the victims as if to say like, look at that, that's bad, isn't it? Like, this is Torchwood, we're grown up, we show the nasty stuff. Look at that! Look at them wounds. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do. There definitely is some of that going on here. But I, like I say, I do think this episode does feel comparatively restrained compared with what has come before. Mm. Do you not think? Yeah, I mean, maybe just I'm giving it too to much credit. Whilst the camera's behind her head and you can see an open gunshot wound, but yeah, I'd say it's more restrained than a lot of Torchwood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's no match for DNA on the Torchwood computer, but the murder victims, sorry, the murderer, had retcon mm. in his blood. And that is, yeah. you know, Torchwood Rohypnol, basically, isn't it? Yes, yes. Just that, it's just that drug that they liberally use to wipe people's minds. Yeah, so recently... <laughs> because they're wiped... such good guys. Oh, yeah. So good they've wiped 2008 minds recently. So, that's good. Yeah. So, good old Gwen, who I I cannot stand. Um, she's awful, isn't she? She's just like, 
it's not just the character that's awful it's so badly acted i just like this is yeah. so amateur i hate it um, yeah so she suggests they use the resurrection glove to speak to the murder victims and we get this awful scene where we pointlessly name it the risen mitten <laughs> as if I like, made it laugh up at that as moment. if like Ianto says it and Captain Jack's just going to stand up and just slowly start clapping <laughs> and everyone in Torchwood like hails him a hero because like he's He's not quite the poet laureate, is he? No, I'd, <laughs> I'd sack him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> so, not my, um, uh, my my favorite my favorite Ianto line still to come though. Right, much well, later. Please point it out when we get there. Oh, I, I will do. Okay, so they talk to victim one, who is Alex Arwen, but Jack can't use the glove, so Gwen just says, "Oh, I'll have a go." Uh. Alex Arwen comes back in a panic and they get no info from him. And Gwen says, oh, I'll just try again. Yeah. But Jack says no. So then they get Jack Briscoe, victim number two. And he tells them there was a man who went to Pilgrim called Max. And Max knew somebody called Susie. Dun, dun, dun. It, it would have been a lot more effective, David, if I could remember episode one. And I'd be like, oh, right, yeah, Susie. I was just like, yeah. and he knows and Susie. I just wrote that down and kept they going. D- they do give you, like, a previously on package at the start of the episode, which is very Susie heavy. Mm. But um, if, you're not, if you're not fully tuned in right from the off, then, yeah, you, you're potentially in trouble there. Yeah. Right. So, Pilgrim is a religious debate group. Uh, nobody from Torchwood knows that much about Susie. They all worked with her, but they can't say anything about her. So they have a lockup of all Susie's stuff. So yeah. when she was killed, they basically wiped her from history, didn't they? And yeah. they have a look through and they find a pilgrim flyer. So it turns out Susie had also attended this group. Uh do you think? Do you think that's in in all their contracts, that basically if any of them die in in, you know, in the line of duty, then Captain Jack has the right to just reclaim all their shit, yeah, and shove them in a morgue, and and just wipe them from, from all known records. You know, we know. Seems. We know. Yeah. By now, how Torch would do business: stage a suicide, move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Jack wants to use the glove on Susie, but Tosh can't watch. It, it's a bit weird, like, they're like, oh, we don't know her, but now all of a sudden Tosh is her best friends. Um, it turns out she's been dead too long, so we can't use the glove. Uh, so we have to use the knife that brings back people from the dead. And they all look at Ianto and he goes, oh, the life knife. Honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd push Ianto down the stairs. And, like, if I, if I was commissioning a second series of this, I'd have watched this and just gone, right, well, I know where we can slash some wages from the budget. He's gone. <laughs> and John, I, will you I, please I just... put your trousers back up and get that off my shoulder? 
I just, I, 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 I guess, I guess Torchwood's uh, gain is uh, is the marketing industry's loss. Yeah. With a mind like that, life knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your license like, fee's I, paid I, for that, David. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. Like, think of all the money you've ever enough spent on a British television license. And it probably pays for, what, maybe half a series of Torchwood? Maybe one actor's oh, wage? God. Me and you secretly funded yeah. the Anto. Hating. We never even knew. Right. So, they bring her back. Jack questions her, but she doesn't, you know, say anything. And she loses consciousness. She's not dead again, David. She's just KO'd. They've managed to save her just enough. Excellent. Okay, so now Jack talks properly to Susie, who appears stuck between life and death. Mm. So she used to meet with Max uh, and give him retcon once a week, every week for two years. Because she used to talk to him about her life in Torchwood. So they worry that Max has committed these murders because she's overdosed him on retcon. Mm. Uh, when Jack asks Susie to identify Max from a lineup of pictures, she says there's one person missing from the group from Pilgrim. Uh, it was Lucy who works in a local bar. They go to the bar and Jack just beats up a random guy. Yeah, I, what th this scene baffled me slightly because, you know, they're swanning around this bar, obviously like some kind of secret service agents type. Type, you know, they're there with their little Bluetooth doodads. Oh in there. my god, the most two thousand and six Bluetooth headset you've ever seen. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Jack's one is just spectacular, isn't it? With that little spindly microphone on. Mm. It. Looks like um, Terry Wogan on Blankety Blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're just sort of like strutting around the perimeter and like everyone just ignores them. Where, whereas I think in, in reality, everyone just like stop and watch them and just like, oh, something's up here. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like they're not inconspicuous. They're making absolutely no effort to, like, sort of blend in to the environment. I, I think if I was in our local nightclub, Club Bongo International, and <laughs> Torchwood was strolling around like that, probably, and I'd seen them, like, pull a gun and punch a random person, probably through the crowd, I reckon I could land a pint glass on Jack. Just launch, <laughs> just launch one. Ah, uh, you'd be doing us all a favour if you did. Or maybe just swing a punch and run before he has time to notice who it was. <laughs> right. So, uh, where am I up to? So, they've punched a random guy. Then they find Max, who's there in the pub. Yeah. So, they bring him back to Torchwood HQ. They lock him in one of the cells. And they realise, at the mere mention of the word Torchwood, Max goes mad. And he goes mad for exactly ten seconds. Yeah. I quite like this scene. It is quite funny. Though also it does very much um, 
it, it definitely sort of highlights the fact that Torchwood's holding cells are just a little bit of wobbly plexiglass. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, if Max ran fast enough, he could smash through that. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely no problem. Right. Uh, but so. yeah, it was quite funny. And like the only the only time Captain Jack has amused me uh, in this series so far was when they'd established that that Torchwood is like this trigger word that sets him off for 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 ten seconds of of rampaging. And so just as they're strolling away, Jack just casually says Torchwood, just to set him off one last time. Um, still, like obviously, an incredibly dickish thing to do. But it, it, it gave me a, a little chuckle. Yeah, you would if you could. Yeah, right. of course. So Susie and Gwen have a chat where Gwen continues to show an absolutely baffling lack of police training. <laughs> she just asks <laughs> yeah. inappropriate questions and what have you. And we find out Susie wants to see her dad because prior to her death, he was ill with cancer. Uh, we see. Do you, can I can I just ask? Do you think the Cardiff Police uh, Department that that Gwen worked for were just utterly relieved when she took on the uh, uh, the Torchwood gig? Yeah, I bet they bought her a carriage clock and just pushed her out the door. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we find out that Susie always used to sleep with Owen. And she was obsessed over the glove, or so Gwen deduces, because she thought she could save her dad. Um, Gwen has a little shout at Jack about how inhumane he is and how he has no compassion. Yeah. Uh, so Gwen asks, they, "What? They, again, again? What? Such a, such a toxic work environment." Oh, they're they're horrible. Like. You know, I, I, I had my PDR bit today and, you know, had a nice chat with, with my line manager. At no point did I sort of bang the table and, and yell at her and, and question her morality. No. No. It just didn't come up. No, and nor should it, really. Um, <laughs> no, ideally. So, Gwen asks Jack, what if Susie can't now die? And Jack, like does a little shrug because obviously we know he yeah. uh, and Owen shows Jack that Susie is draining Gwen's life energy to live so when Gwen had used the glove to link with other people there being a small bridge of energy however Susie being alive is sapping life from Gwen so yeah. Jack goes to kill Susie, but she's not there. She's seen getting oh, into no. Gwen's car with Gwen, and yep. Torchwood HQ goes into lockdown because Max begins reciting a poem. There was poetry mentioned earlier, wasn't there? And there was, yeah. I think in in amongst um, amongst Susie's personal effects was the uh, Emily Dickinson complete yeah uh, works so max reciting that was some sort of um verbal cue that triggered the alarm so owen right. does a little yeah. bit of science and works out they've got exactly two hours to kill to not to kill gwen to save gwen 
Um, I love I love that he can say precisely how long it's going yeah. to take. Yeah, it's almost like when he's there found are so many unknown variables. Yeah, yeah. So they work out that Susie had planned everything to get Torchwood to bring her back to mm. life and escape. Uh, right, Jack. Now, Matt. Go on. Can I pause you there for a second? Yeah. When this was happening, for 30 seconds, like, ooh, this is a good twist. And then I thought for, for a 31st <laughs> second, and, and I realised, hang on, she committed suicide in episode one. Yeah. Why did she, while she was alive, lay all of these schemey little plans to, to um so torture would be, would be forced to bring her back to life when when she could have uh, correct me if i'm wrong she she could have just not shot herself through the head if she'd wanted yeah. to stay alive yeah so yeah if, if have the writers be... not considered this uh, no i no, i i don't want to move on from this because it's like i I feel I feel thick right now because I feel like there's something I've missed here. But I mean, what, what did you have the same thought, Matt? I I just thought, right. So say for example, David, I'm sat on my sofa. Yes. And yes. all I wanted to do for the evening was sit on my sofa. Why uh-huh. then would I ever leave my sofa? <laughs> I mean, maybe you get a little bit thirsty and need to need to grab a cup of water or something. No, no, because <laughs> Just the end goal the is to stay on the sofa. If her end goal is yeah. to be alive and escape, you know, it, it's actually easier to stay alive yeah. than it is to pull the trigger and kill yourself. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't claim to be an expert, but I've managed reasonably successfully for 36 years. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and I do think one of, one of the, key, the key things I've done there is at no point have I found a gun, loaded the gun, uh, pulled the trigger and blown my own brains out. Yeah. Um, so, oh, are we missing something, Matt? No, it's just poorly written. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a real shame because it because up until that point, I've been really enjoying this episode. Um, I like I like the whole um, police procedural kind of vibe. I think that's a good fit for Torchwood, and I and I wish they leaned into it a little more regularly and 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 it is from sort of this point on that this episode just kind of goes a bit silly because it 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 puts all of its eggs in this basket and um i kind of might have preferred it if it'd been a a little more of a just a straightforward procedural with with a sort of sci-fi twist um but you know maybe that's me being unambitious Right, let's move on, because it gets stupider from here. Yeah, I suppose we better had. Right, it does. It does. There's what there is one good scene that that I will praise in due course, but uh, yeah. Right, 
So Jack calls Detective Swanson from earlier to ask her for some poetry. Yeah. He assumes... I'm he's... just going to say straight... Sorry, uh, I'm just going to say straight away, this is not that good scene. <laughs> This is one of the bad ones. Yeah. So, yeah, they just say, look, a poem set it off, so a poem's going to turn it off. <laughs> so she just mindlessly mm. reads a whole book down the phone, hoping it'll lift the lockdown. And then, completely out of nowhere, using the <laughs> most irrational thinking, Tosh yeah. just goes, well, words turned it on, so maybe numbers turn it off? Who thinks like that? Yeah. Numbers are not yeah, the that's... enemy of words. But <laughs> <laughs> didn't you know, Matt? One number cancels out one letter. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, how it works. So, they just read... Have the... you, have, I mean, honestly, have you ever tried write, writing numbers and letters at the same time? You can't do it. No, well... It can't be done. Especially, just... You know, the ISBN number. That that just sounds like an absolute afterthought. Like, they got there and they're like, oh shit, there's no numbers in this poem. But it was definitely an afterthought. And should I tell you why? Go on. Um, it's not the ISBN for the complete works of Emily Dickinson, but it is the ISBN for the Oxford Dictionary of Quotations. <laughs> Oh, really? Which was definitely sat on that writer's desk and may even have been the source for the Emily Dickinson quotations used in this episode. Wow. Absolute amateurish, isn't it? <laughs> right. So Gwen takes Susie to see her dad and... Out of nowhere, Gwen starts bleeding because Gwen is taking on Susie's injuries. Just as Susie's taking on yep. Gwen's life, Gwen is taking on Susie's death. See, those two things, David, are opposites, yep. unlike words and numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they go to see Susie's dad, who isn't particularly pleased to see her, and she kills him. That's what she came back for. Sweet, sweet yeah. vengeance. I think we've we've maybe skipped the the scene that I was going to praise, which is when they are in the car, yeah, and things slow down a bit, and we just get really, I think, um, some really good acting from 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 the actor who plays Susie, mm -hmm. uh, not not particularly well backed up by um, uh, by Gwen, um, but all that talk of you know. Um, what what what's at the end? Uh, you know, is there an afterlife? All that sort of stuff. I thought it was, it was well handled, and it was a nice scene where you had sort of Gwen's naivety pitted against Susie's sort of cynical reality. Um, I don't know if you if you enjoyed that at all, or were you just completely like uh, honestly. You were I, off off this episode I by was that point. Signed out by then. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. Um, but yeah, that did stand out to me as some genuinely good writing and acting and again the sort of thing that I 
I wasn't used to seeing from Torchwood because generally up until this point it seemed so desperate to prove how grown up it was that it would never have slowed down long enough to just have two adults talking about different perspectives on life and death. Yeah. Um, which is obviously where actual adult drama can, can thrive. So um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. It, it all gets very silly again moments later, though. Yeah. So, despite knowing she's a murderer and she's got one of her friends detained, uh, Jack just calls up and threatens Susie. That'll end well, won't it? Uh, so, yeah. so, she's heading to the coast because her plan is to escape on the ceiling. And just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just get a ferry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she probably got to the Island Man for a bit. Uh, yeah. I think it, it. I think it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It pop down to Bristol. Possibly, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I think. I think possibly she's getting the ferry to Bristol. So, so they have minutes <laughs> to save Gwen. Yeah. So Jack shoots Susie lots, but she won't die. She keeps coming back. So. Jack orders Tosh to destroy the glove. Mm-hmm. And Susie says, there's something moving in the dark. It's coming for you, Jack. Now, if this was Doctor Who, I'd care. But I don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we're, we're what, episode eight? Yeah. Nine? Yeah. Um, too late in the series to be teeing up a... A sort of big bad for the season. Yeah. yeah. Again, as I say, this needed to be episode three or four. Like of I, this I, I'm so signed out that the villain could be anything, and I probably wouldn't care. Mm. Right. So Tosh shoots the glove. Susie dies. Gwen lives. Y- yay. Okay. <laughs> and then we get a lovely scene at the end between Jack and Yanto. Oh, Where... featuring my favourite Ianto line of the of the episode. Can you guess what it was? Is it? Oh, you can use a stopwatch for many things. Well, his his exact phrasing, I believe, was uh, "There's a lot of things you can do with a stopwatch." But to which my response was, "Are are, are there?" Like we know Ianto had a girlfriend. Yes. And I appreciate it was traumatic when he had to murder her. But, yes. like, how has he suddenly in love with Jack? That's not been a thing I've missed, has it? No, no, they've they just, they just decided that's going to happen now, I think. Like, how do you think they broached that conversation? Because oh. Jack was really angry and horrible to Yanto. And then do yes. you think Yanto just went, oh, sorry about that. Do you want to kiss? maybe maybe yeah. I don't know it, it, it's, it did feel like it came completely out of the blue for me and uh, you know I think we need to kind of just pretend that whole episode and Ianto's whole backstory so far didn't happen because the, the, the very fact that he continues to remain in Torchwood week after week makes no sense if you if you factor in that context no, he's like... I'll tell you who he, who he is. 
You know on the young yeah. ones where Alexi Sale turns up every week and you know it's Alexi <laughs> Sale, but it's a different <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about Yanto. Like, I recognise him and I go, oh, that's Yanto, but every week he's a different character. Do you think ne- next week he's going to show up and he'll just be he'll just be in a different hat and he'll have a different accent? <laughs> yeah, and he'll be their landlord and have to throw them out. <laughs> yeah. I would love that. I right. would love that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, but let's drill down into this, Matt. We've got time. Um what what are all the things you can do with a stopwatch? I mean, I, I will freely admit, perhaps I'm just sexually unadventurous. Right. But... You can use them as a stopwatch. Yes. I believe most modern ones have some sort of clock function. Right, yeah. I believe you may be able to set an alarm on them, much like a digital watch. Yes. Um, could, could, maybe... Do you think there are some that, that are maybe even internet enabled maybe you could get get the weather on it quite probably possibly. not in 2006 now that is as much as i'm aware of in terms of their function in terms of their yeah. physical form you could use it as a coaster um you could yeah. throw it at somebody who's attacking mindless people in a nightclub you, yeah i don't know use it as a pog I mean, well, probably more uh, more as a slammer than a, than a pog. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good pog. Okay, knowledge. well, anyway, well done. I didn't know you were a pog fan. We'll have to have a game sometime. I mean, Matt, I <laughs> I was a child of the nineteen nineties. What do you take me for? Right. I, of course, I was a pog fan. Well, here, here's an off-brand, uh, well, story. Uh, when yeah. pogs were big. I remember going yes. to the town with my mum one Saturday and we went to uh-huh. a market stall and for one pound you could get a bag of a hundred pogs. Oh, wow. But they were all knock-off, like, own brand ah. pogs that this guy had made himself yeah. and they were all religious pogs. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. So I got home, ripped open oh. this carrier bag and I remember distinctly one of them had... Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King on it, just his face, uh-huh. and then a lot of them just had like Bible verses on them, so it would just say like John four twelve, and I just be oh, like, what God. is this? Oh, you must have been crushed. Yeah, I think a lot of them because I didn't understand that they were Bible verses. Where it just said John four twelve, next to where it said John, I just wrote like, is a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. But yeah. Um, should we just I wrap want... this episode? We've got one more bit to talk I, about. What I was just going to add th- one thought related to that. How many, how many lifelong uh, evangelical Christians do you think that uh, that counterfeit pog seller managed to uh, to uh, convert? Well, uh, I know of at least know, as... one. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing I just that kind of like stealth evangelism I've never understood because it's like who who's actually having their mind changed by that yeah who's who's like oh you know what this this knockoff punk's got a good point Jesus does save well 
Well, I see it the other way. How many devout Christians do you think are lining up in the pews to throw down some slammers? <laughs> uh, more than you might have expected in the 90s. Yeah. Right. The episode ends with Ianto saying to Jack, one thing you need to consider about gloves is they usually come in pairs. Dun, dun, dun. What they should have done is got one of those little bit of string that goes up your sleeve and down the other side so your mittens don't fall Ah, uh, yeah, that would have been, that would have been uh, sensible. They didn't yeah. think of that, did they? No. Yeah. You know, you know, um, uh, that's David Tennant special, The End of Time, the, the, his, his final story, and you've got, Rassilon, played by Timothy Dalton, and he's got a sort of knock-off Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's the other one? Well, I was just wondering, is it the same prop? Oh, now there's a good question. Right. Let me have a look. End of time Rassilon glove. I'm just going to Google this as we go, David. Okie doke. Uh, so I'm just going to do a Google image search. Well, as I've Googled it, one of the things that comes up is Resurrection Gauntlet. Is there a relationship between Torchwood's glove and Rassilon's glove from Doctor Who? It's possible that Rassilon's glove from Doctor Who is connected to the life-giving glove, blah 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 and it appeared that Rassilon only had one glove. If the glove could have fallen through the time lock to appear on Torchwood's front door, it's possible that the Time Lords come back through the same path. The gauntlets are unrelated, apparently. Torchwood both encountered yeah. and destroyed a... Oh, that's a bit of a spoiler. I think we're going to see a second glove soon. Well, that was certainly very much hinted at, wasn't it? Yeah. In, uh, in that. Um, but, but, yeah, it was just a passing thought. Um, yeah. I was thinking more out of universe than in universe. Did they just take the same... I mean, I guess this would have come first, so... They, they would have taken that prop and just spray painted it gold or whatever to yeah. reuse for Rassilon. Um But anyway, uh, yeah, did you, was there one, any final moments we needed to cover that I forgot about? Or? No, that's it. Are we done? That's it. We're done. Yeah. That's it. Well, there we go then. Like, I'll be honest, Matt. I was broadly feeling positive about this episode but after talking to you about it all I can think about are the bits that I didn't like yeah I don't think um, we're going to be talking about this in a couple of years time oh I hope not I hope not so we've got five episodes left this series Matt yeah too many just gonna, just gonna uh, make that clear not happy about that speaking of too many David yeah. It would be remiss of me not to remind you that we've moved listener tweets to the end of the episode. Do you want listener oh, tweets? Yes. Or do you just want to wrap it up and we'll go to bed? Not together. <laughs> get the get the stopwatch. <laughs> We'd better hear what the listeners have to say on the matter. You know last year when we got to Christmas and we shit canned every like Every segment of the show. Yeah. Right, we're doing that this year, but in reverse. We're only cancelling listener tweets. <laughs> okay. Okie doke. Right. 
so, Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast, uh, when I put a tweet out saying we're watching this, he just said, life's too short. Unless you have a resurrection glove, watch some classic Doctor Who instead. Good advice. Honestly, I never thought I'd agree with that statement, but like, yeah. It's a lot more entertaining, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then we have James Courtney, who says they shouldn't have killed Susie in the first place. They didn't, James. She shot herself. Educate yourself. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Then we have Ariel, who says... Sorry, Ariel, who says, I think it's a pretty interesting idea and definitely well acted. Disagree. The visual of the gunshot wound slowly forming frightened the hell out of me, though, so I don't know if I could bring myself to rewatch it. Don't. It's not worth it. Next one. Does not hold up. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Next one from BT Flibbity Giggard says, The first Torchwood episode to really dig into one of the reoccurring themes of Torchwood, death and resurrection. It's also one of the weakest of those thematically linked episodes. That being said, Indira Varma, that's the actress who plays Susie, is on fire in this mm -hmm. one, and I'd love to see her as the Doctor or maybe Romana. BT, what are you thinking? She's, she's Susie. She's already been cast. <laughs> I could see her as Romana, actually. No, yeah. no, Doctor Who never recasts actors who've already been in the show as other characters. That's true. Okay. That's true, especially not for the title role. No, exactly. Right. Uh, then we have a message from Jane Swifty Swift, who says, This is fine. It tackles a lot of things that Torchwood would tackle much better in later series. It's fine. All this talk of Torchwood getting better... I, when? I mean, I mean when it gets better, people... is it just fine? Because it's absolute <laughs> dog shit now. Well, uh, what I was going to say is, people keep saying, like, oh, the second half of series one is where it starts getting good. We are well over the halfway point at this point. It hasn't really gotten good yet. No. So, Yeah. Right, final tweet comes from Sonia, who says, I stopped watching a little over halfway through. Don't blame you, that's the best way to view this episode. It wasn't horrible like some of the previous episodes, but I could just not be bothered to finish it. Me too, but unfortunately we do this every week. Maybe I'll watch yeah. it this week, that's a lie, because I'll be catching up on House of the Dragon. Watch that instead, it's better. Yeah. This episode was dog dirt. <laughs> That's where I'm ending Still the maintained. episode. We're not even saying goodbye. This episode was Doctor. See you next week. Matt, 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 Matt. Before we wrap up, do you not want to know what episode of Torchwood we're watching next week? No, because it'll haunt me all week. <laughs> it'll give uh, the title will give you something to ponder. Then, that's on sure. Friday night. I'm going to a hot air balloon festival. Right? I, I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be great, but. I'll just be stood there just going, well, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have brought Susie back with that glove, eh? <laughs> Go on, what are we watching? Random shoes. More like random shite. Good night, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. 
and thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>